Hey folks, welcome to Coach Critics Canada. This is a music fan jam with the regular band. Oh, I hate that. But uh, yeah, we're comparing <laughs> these tiny tunes songs. Uh, we're going through uh, the, the first album, the second band. album. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Tim. This week I am joined by Brian. Hello, everybody. Chalupa. All right, then we're going to be Captain doing... Captain CanCon, at your service. Uh, Big Shiny Tunes, the, the first album this week. Gentlemen, it's a it's always a pleasure, but I'm going to sleep. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe put put on some big shiny tunes and go to sleep. Uh, it hasn't been a little nostalgic listening to big shiny tunes the last few. Uh, Dude, so nights. nostalgic. I was gonna say it's kind of unique to go into a curated playlist these days with how much options for music and how individual everything is. Not many people listen to the radio anymore, I don't think. But uh, the other day when I was listening to Spotify, I got a pop-up for an AI DJ that's going to listen to all of my music and make suggestions. Which it does not know me because it started playing Imagine Dragons off the hop. (laughs) I'm like, I don't... This isn't me, man. <laughs> no bueno. No bueno. I don't, I don't think robots like are close to like taking it. over the world just yet. <laughs> uh, was Big Shiny Tunes just a Canadian thing? Like uh, when I was looking yes. into this, it, it appeared to yeah. be. It's from Much Music. Okay. So what I what I found out, so there's a, a real big connection between Big Shiny Tunes and CanCon. Obviously, Canadian content for our listeners that aren't. Uh, down with uh, abbreviations. Um, so this was to promote Canadian content that much more with a little bit of um, influence from uh, international artists as well. And I didn't know this, but apparently MTV was illegal in the 90s and I think even the 80s too. Like it, it wasn't in Canada, in Canada, mind you. And not ah. so much because like they didn't like what they were doing. They just didn't like how much they were focused on um, American, uh, you know, music and everything. That's pretty much where CanCon came from, was to kind of like slow down the American takeover of Canadian culture. We speak the same language. We share the largest undivided border in the world with them. So they wanted to be like, okay, well, we're getting so much uh, media uh, in the sense of like TV, television, movies, as well as music. And there really wasn't a music scene in Canada, that compared to anything else in, uh, in, in anywhere else in the world, like England was amazing, the United States was huge, like even some European countries had a bigger music scene than Canada. But mm-hmm. CanCon really, really helped out with uh, bringing 
loads of bands like the guess who like before like neil young Joni mitchell all those artists they had to leave to the states to actually have a career to live oh so, interesting yeah they, they really wanted to make sure that they could hold on to wonderful artists like that and keep them in canada and like buffing up the the music scene and now we got artists that are internationally like famous and like juggernauts like nickelback avril Lavigne, justin bieber um drake just to name those big, big mega stars. Uh, plug for another friend of the show. Uh, Attica and Bree started a podcast where they talk about her adventures in, uh, in, in, into the music world and being a Canadian country music artist. Uh, but mm. one of the stories she'll tell is going down to the States one time and crossing the border. The border security saw a guitar in the back of her car. And they asked her, what are you doing? She's like, well, I'm going down to Nashville to record. She was all set up with the producers and everything. And uh, they stopped her and turned her around. They wouldn't let her into the country because she was taking <laughs> jobs away from Americans. Even though it was well, like all set up. Yeah, isn't that wild? That's, that's very wild. Um, I also thought it was very interesting uh, listening. So uh, a lot of the information I got was from a, podca- a podcast called The History of New Music with Alan Cross. Uh, check it out. He's uh, an incredible... Uh, radio host and his uh, his podcast is very very good too very informative he covers all kinds of stuff with um, alternative music and um, more modern rock and all that stuff but um, so any radio station has to have so much money set aside for uh, promoting Canadian content as well I forget what the actual funding is called but it's an agreement through the government and there's no way around it and this could be thousands to millions of dollars, depending on the, the station. Uh, and that's and that, that can't go directly to one person, like an artist or something like that. It has to go to a third party. So that's where a lot of our music festivals come from. Oh, interesting. Uh, like Edgefest was funded through Much Music and other radio stations in the area to promote. And this is like obviously festivals are a great way to promote multiple bands. And that was the th- that's what really kicked things uh-huh. off in the 90s with, for Gen X and everyone is that these radio stations and any kind of uh, promoter of Canadian musical content um, would have to go through this. And it also could go to uh, filming studios to help promote, um, you know, music videos and everything too. So I thought that was absolutely phenomenal. And so a lot of people from other artists from other countries look at Canadian artists and how they're treated. And they're like, Oh man, like, there's a few, not a lot, that do come out to Canada way. Like Heart was one that eventually started getting into it a bit more as well. Uh, they're kind of like the the uh, the the second kid of Canada because they're American based, but they were um, what's the word I'm looking for? Draft dodgers. Oh. I think the drummer <laughs> was uh, drafted in the Vietnam War and they ran away to Canada. There's been a few artists from uh, internationally that have set up shop in Canada and called it home. For that reason, that apparently Canada treats the arts a little bit better than some other countries. Uh, Attic and Bree's show, by the way, before we lose that, is the distillery with Bree Lawrence. No, no worries. Uh, I'm pro CanCon. I don't know if that's a popular, unpopular opinion at this point, but uh, I like it. I think that it's been greatly mismanaged in the last few years, what we see come on the CBC. I still take pot shots at the fucking content that they're turning out with the high quality actors, writers, everything that we have at our disposal as a country and the creative arts 
and what we turn out is just hot garbage. Like when people think <laughs> fucking corner gas is the height of Canadian comedy because everything else gets sold Shit's Creek first. Amazing. Yeah, Shit's yeah. Creek. Shit's yeah. Creek. No, I, I definitely. Letter Kenny. Letter Kenny, but that went to Crave. Like, was that sold to HBO? And like, why wasn't that on the uh, CBC? Every so, U.S. person Crave, I know Bell, loves Letter Kenny. Just saying. Like, I, I, like everyone I know in the U.S. is like, oh my god, I love Letter Kenny. So that's something that's transcended past Canada. Like, it's Canada been... has been picking up in the in the arts big time. Like, even mm-hmm. uh, with Brendan Fraser winning an Oscar. And then Sarah Pauly winning uh, an Oscar as well, like both Canadian. Yeah. All right, uh, Brendan that, that Fraser, a... Ryan Gos, uh, Ryan Reynolds. Like you guys, what 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 two series show, two season show We're do you so want to do? Come to CBC, come to CTV. Here, write yeah. your own, write whatever you want to do. Like, why don't we give these like amazing artists and talented people free reign to help grow Canadians? And like, I'm not saying give the whole network away to famous people. But, like, start cultivating the arts here. And I guess, because I don't know music that well, I don't know if the same is done, which is how do you push out Canadian artists in today, right? Like, like Well, I mean, Canadian from musicians, Sorry, I think... Sorry, Brian, go ahead. So, yeah, I was just going to say, Canadian musicians are... I think they're pretty popular worldwide, especially the, the big Canadian musicians. Like, let's take Drake... The weekend, Alessia Cara, right? Just as three examples that come to my head that are massive and not just in Canada. So, yeah. uh, Sean Mendez, Justin Bieber, right? Like from a pop to R and B to rap standpoint, I think we we're kind of crushing it. From a rock standpoint, it's a little bit more questionable. It's it's been very quiet as of late. Like with mm-hmm. the exception of Nickelback being the highest selling. Uh, artists for albums of all time. Um, <laughs> Are they really uh, or highest Canadian? No, no, not not Canadian. That's for sure. Um, it might be modern. Part of me. It might it might not be of all time. It might be like modern rocks, like in the last like 30, 40 years or something like that. I'm but, happy to yeah. see as the a, way that... as a group. As a group, yes. I'm happy to see the way that Drake turns around and openly supports Canada and the rap and the Raptors and stuff. Um, it would be interesting to know if it's even profitable for these large names to make money in Canada or like, I had no idea the weekend was Canadian makes sense now that they reference them on letter Kenny a bunch, but, uh, you know, like, is it, you have to go somewhere else to make your money. Cause I know you can't really make too much here. Not a lot in the States, like, unless you're selling out like concert venues, uh, like big stadiums and stuff, but I don't know. I mean, you can make a lot now thanks to Ticketmaster fucking everyone over with this... Uh, no shit. With this, what is it, the adjusted pricing, the on-demand pricing or whatever the hell they call it, where basically if tickets are selling hot, they can just jack the ticket prices up. Why Unbelievable. The Drake law? tickets were like $500 for the 300s. Like, you get nosebleed seats for $500 to Drake, not just in Toronto, and like Detroit. So like, that's nuts. I don't want to talk to, like, um, I don't even know what the word is for it at this point in the night, but too high-minded, I guess. But isn't, like, music part of culture and, like, how people grow? <laughs> and when you put such a price point on it and kids can't get to it, like, I paid 300 and some dollars for a fucking Blink-182 ticket 
in what world does that make sense? What world does that make sense? I am happy to yeah, go. Yeah. I need to go. But like I spent $300 on a fuck. Like that's like half a cart of groceries at this point. I get that. But like still. Mm-hmm. I, it pisses me off a little bit. I agree. I think uh, I'm trying to think of other Canadian artists that are still revered and listened to. I guess Buble still listened to a lot at Christmas. <laughs> yeah, Buble is the king of Christmas there for sure. Mariah Carey's the queen of Christmas, but yeah, um, that motherfucker yeah, makes right bank now. on those. I mean, internationally, yeah, yeah. Like, tragically, I, hip they like, still reign supreme, but like they're they're not touring anymore, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, same thing, you know. Rush still is respected in the rock scene. They tour a lot. Well, the surviving members, yeah, crash test dummies. Katie Lang. <laughs> Katie Lang, yeah. Uh, Owen is still massive. Wynn Butler from is. Arcade Fire is Canadian, mm-hmm. but I don't think the whole group is. I think no, it's no, no, no. The other way around. A lot of uh, Wynn Butler's from uh, Virginia. He's American. His wife is French Canadian. Mm. Oh, yeah. he moved here in 2000. Yeah. Really good yeah. basketball player, too. Yeah. He, he, he plays in the Celebrity All Star match. Mm hmm. But yeah, like there's still there's still a lot of Canadian bands that still tour around. Like Headley was our our big rock. I couldn't stand. I, oh, I couldn't stand them either. I, I I think Jacob Hogard is a, is a complete creep and everything. And I'm glad they kind of got what they deserved. But they did make it internationally, and they were quite popular. Uh, I guess Alexis on Fire was quite popular as well. Like, and then not just like with and this is a, a kind of a good connection of CanCon with uh, Big Shiny Tunes, but. If you guys ever played any NHL, EA Sports, man, you had like Priestess on there, Alexis on Fire. You had a lot of Canadian uh, bands included in that. I mean, it makes sense. First off, it's the game is developed in Canada. Secondly, the Canadian mm-hmm. market for the NHL game is probably almost as big as the U.S. market. I'd definitely yeah, be down I'd if agree. we continue this series of looking at like... Uh, collections of music we do like the nhl games yeah, yeah we pick like each of our pick our best <laughs> absolutely playlists absolutely we must and just thinking <laughs> about that too uh some 41 like they've kind of had a resurgence uh i had some friends in england that went to a, a simple plan and some 41 show and wow. i was like we freaked out so much it was so great <laughs> and then like um why am i blanking on their name right now uh hamilton band uh oh, arkells they must be popular down south. Oh, I see them at tours, but they're never a headliner at like, uh, oh. they're never, they're always kind of in the middle, like the bands that like people would kind of know. That's fair. I think I'm looking at Canadian artists and some of them may not be born in Canada, but still either have like dual <laughs> dual citizenship or something. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Brian Adams is, uh, is a classic. It was a classic Canadian. We have, we have constantly apologized for Brian Adams. We will not do so again. <laughs> uh, Joan Anne Mitchell, Murray. one of the best songwriters of all time, I would argue. Canadian. I would argue that as well, yes. Leonard Anne Cohen. Murray, another great uh, songwriter. No, she's not a songwriter. She steals songs from other people. She's a good performer. <laughs> no, she steals husbands. <laughs> she writes her own songs. <laughs> wow. Bitch Anne Murray, too. <laughs> Celine Dion. Why did I forget about Celine Dion or Shania Twain? What do yes. you get when you go to Pizza Hut and order a Rita McNeil? in the States. Oh, what was that, sorry? What do you get when you go to Pizza Hut and order a Rita McNeil? 
a large Canadian. <laughs> they they, uh, they say Rita McNeil has the ta- has the has the the outline of Canada tattooed on her ass, and every time she farts, can- uh, Quebec separates. <laughs> Damn! Shots fired, Rita McNeil. Some some Canadian artists that people may not know are Canadian, or at least once again had citizenship in Canada for a long time, lived here. Uh, Leonard Cohen. Yep. One of the greats. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Feist. If you don't, only Canadians may know Feist. She's big in, uh, she's once again a touring musician. You've probably seen her a ton of times for non-Canadians. She's collabed with uh, my favorite metal band, Mastodon. Mm, and then yeah, uh, if you're an Apple fan, I think you'd also know Feist's uh, song, one, two, yeah. three, four. Yeah, exactly. Uh, under underrated rapper Nav, Nav is awesome. Isn't Sean Just, Paul also Canadian? Is Sean, Sean Paul, Paul Canadian? Sean Paul. <laughs> Sean got Paul. the right temperature. Is he is he Canadian? It's a good question. Mm. Well, you're looking into nope. that. I'm gonna pour in Jamaica back a little oh, bit more okay. towards well, you Big never Shiny know. Tunes, so we can get at the playlists for sure uh, so uh, on track. rufus wainwright another canadian oh, that's yeah. awesome uh, underrated rufus. i would say and that is right, the right, rufus. Right. so big shiny tunes yeah. 2 is was certified diamond in canada selling over a million units in 1998 mm. uh it's the best-selling album series in canadian history which i, I don't imagine there's too other, many other series that they're up against Went on for 14 iterations. The first six were also sold on cassette. So that's how old of a system we're talking about now. Oh, my God. Um, the first three were really successful. And it started to wane a little bit because peer-to-peer file sharing started to uh, come out. And everybody was using LimeWire and getting viruses. Uh <laughs> Yeah, in the first oh, no. week alone of 1997, Big Shiny Tunes 2 sold 128,000 copies, which you probably would have gotten at like a Sam the Record Man or what have you. Um, mm. Number three was also successful. Yeah, and then there was like an 80s uh, specific one and a and two 90s specific albums, which I would like to go back and listen to at some point. But uh, yeah, so we're sitting down today to go over the first three uh, albums and kind of highlight like our three favorites from each of those three and kind of make our own mixtapes or I'm not really sure what the premise is. I kind of got lost in the weeds as we were going, (laughs) but I I picked my... just going to talk about Big uh, Shine too, live in some nostalgia, maybe recommend some songs that some people would not have heard of at all. Because we all players. have varying taste, right? Just part of the yeah, I think we'll beauty have, of this I think group. We'll have some good overlap. Yeah, there'll be some overlap for sure. I think you know uh-huh. you can't go without picking a couple of these songs. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. We will see. Maybe well, I will like, immediately have to than... remove some of you as friends. <laughs> I'm a few years younger than both of you, so like it'll be interesting to see like which big shiny tunes will really fall like yeah. oh yeah like this one like totally or oh you don't remember those guys like like uh, the first one here like 
I've, I've, I was listening to the, the first three last few days just to get brushed up on it. And there's a lot of these bands I've never heard of. And some of these songs, same, never heard of them before. So it's just that much before my time. And I don't think any of my siblings had this album. Are you a 90s Ooh. baby? Uh, 89. Oh, okay. Just barely. He acts like he's incredibly younger. He's two years younger. And I look incredibly older with my gray hair. <laughs> well, if it wasn't for this hairline, we'd now. look a lot closer. You said years apart. We're like less than a year. Really? I thought yeah. you were two years old. August 6th, 88. Oh, sorry, buddy. You're in yeah, four days. We got 87, 88, 89. So we cover all basis of the late 80s <laughs> babies. I think we okay. can all agree. Thank I thought fuck, Brian I'm was not like 40. As as Brian. Yeah, I'm ancient. Ancient. Uh, that is a nice beard you got going on, buddy. Well done. Yeah, it's got a. It's <laughs> starting to get the perfect amount of gray. Just, just you know, cover off this with gray, and then get patches of gray like Jack Black. <laughs> like literally, like I have this random patch right here that's just like white. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I've never seen that before. And then I saw Jack Black at like a, a clip of him on Conan, and I was like, oh no, I've seen it now. <laughs> Speaking of nostalgia and old people, uh what happened to Madonna? That poor woman. Oh my god, I I saw a photo of her recently. Uh, just uh, Just don't get plastic surgery. So how <laughs> just do avoid these it. Albums come together. <laughs> uh we have a bunch of different recording companies. Uh MGM, Warner Brothers, artists from all over the world, uh, Britain, America, Canada, and they much music managed to have somebody sell them all on the idea of putting them all on a album together with the narcissistic and money hungry nature of big music. I think the fact that they pulled this off and pulled this off 14 times is pretty fucking impressive. Is that the total is 14? Wow. Yeah. Wow. They must have had somebody in there that pushed real hard or was really good at shaking hands because the networking to pull this off in the in the first place is pretty amazing. Yeah, it didn't seem like they really put all that much into the first one either. Like, uh, from what I understand, like promoting and everything, it's just they put it out there and it was just a massive success. And they're just like, cool, let's go with it. Because you can see a big difference, in my opinion, between uh, Big Shine Tunes 1 and then 2. I... I think they did it to compete with Now. I think was that's now why before? they did it. What's now, now came out. American? Now was released in 1996. What's Now? And the first Big Shiny Tunes. Now is a compilation CD, like a big compilation CD. It was mm-hmm. really popular. Okay. I, I don't know yeah, if Now was Canadian or not. I think Now was also started as Canadian because it had like bare naked <sighs> ladies and stuff like that randomly in it. I feel like you can't. And it wasn't popular, bare naked lady songs. So I think it was probably Canadian. It had like Lisa. Belonging to the UK now. Hmm? It belongs to the UK. Oh, interesting. UK and Ireland. That's pretty cool. From uh, 1983 to 98, and then it was US. Wait. Oh, sorry, no. <laughs> well, it, actually, it would be UK because that's where it started first. Pardon me. 
Um, yeah, they, they had compilation albums in ran, in uh, various countries. So UK and Ireland, United States, South Africa, New Zealand, Australia, Canada, Denmark, and Mexico. So it started in Canada in 88, but it started in the UK and uh, Ireland in 83. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. I'm curious. And, uh, I'm curious. Like the... I'm curious. I'm very curious, actually, if the U.S. albums are the same as the Canadian. That'd be interesting, yeah. I imagine the Canadian one, you'd ha- they, they would have to throw, just because like, of what we've been talking about, CanCon yeah. and their rules of, uh, what is it, 30%, um, that they would have to throw a bit in there, like, um, pardon me, like Tragedy Hip or um, Great Big C or um, Bare Naked Ladies. I had, I had now four as an album. That was one of my first CDs I ever got, actually. Uh, do we want to yeah. start going through like the playlist, or do we <laughs> want to just toss out which ones are our favorites? No, let's go through the playlist. We can talk a, bit, a little bit about it, and then at the end, uh, yeah, we can each talk about our, our top three. Or we can talk about which ones we, we pick as we go through. Okay. Yeah. Either or. Who, uh, who wants to take the lead on Big Shiny Tunes, number one? I feel Brian is the... Uh, the yeah. our, our elder can you in this like, <laughs> he's, he's the all-knowing one he's gonna be yeah. the he's gonna be the the shepherd to us can, can you do yeah, it so pop-up video my especially voice? having two older siblings you know we had these albums in our house cds i would borrow them scratch them up <laughs> someone would get mad at me and then <laughs> rinse and repeat the, the process <laughs> uh it, it's a really interesting compilation because I feel like now, or not now, Big Shine, now actually, yeah, I wanted to compare the two because now is a little bit more poppy. Okay. And Big Shiny Tunes goes through phases, but I thought Big Shiny Tunes really was a little bit more grungy, the first one. Mm. It, I, that's what I felt. I felt it was a little more grungy and it, uh, it hit the you know it checked the rock boxes a little bit more right so as we go through the tracks you know there's some that canadians may only know we'll talk about them a bit but overall there's some there's some bangers on this that i hadn't heard in a long time track number one one more astronaut by i mother earth great canadian band great band i mother earth Mm -hmm. The album is Scenery and Fish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. I'm you my, ruined it. My naivete. White we're, we're reading a list there, listeners, that Tim <laughs> compiled. And uh, I was like, who the fuck is Scenery and Fish? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, oh, you splooched like, on it. Good I, I, I actually like pulled away to my list, and I'm happy I did. It wasn't, so I wasn't confused. <laughs> uh yeah, one more astronaut. Good song, uh, not the best song on that album, I don't think, but was very popular, and I get why you'd have it as the start to your compilation album. Bands from Toronto, Ontario, you know, you wanna you wanna have a Canadian album that goes to Canadian people for rock yeah. music. I'm what, kind of that what album. Other, what better place to represent Canada than Toronto? <laughs> mm-hmm. It is the center of uh, all Canadian universe. Absolutely. Yeah. And this was the Edwin years of I Mother Earth, I believe. Mm. So, completely different sound between 
between the two bands, basically. I call them two separate bands because the singer left. Mm-hmm. And that was Edwin. Was replaced. That was Edwin. One word. Oh, okay. <laughs> like Bono or Cher. Yeah. Exactly. I'm learning. Or Chalupa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Tim, walking on the sun 20 times. That's my playlist. <laughs> and then All Star. And then One Week by American Ladies. And that's it. <laughs> I think it's a good start, though. I think it's a good opening song to an album because it's got a pretty long intro kind of kind of starts with just that guitar riff hypes you up a little bit drums come in and then it's an interesting sound i'm looking Mm. at like just the discography and i don't know if i'd start it with any of the other songs to be fair i I think think i think it's a great track to to open up the album honestly like it's just it just gets you going gets you pumped up it's like sweet you even kind of have like a the, the intro guitar where it's just kind of like more so just getting that static or that yeah. feed, I should say, kind of reminds me a little bit of like Steppenwolf with like a little bit of like scratching, like just before uh, Magic Carpet Ride mm-hmm. or the intro to Magic Carpet Ride. But yeah, great track at the start. And not like just throwing it out there. This is one of my favorites uh, on the album. So if I if we were going to pick a top three, this would be in my top three. This nice. is in your top three. Okay. For this album. For this album. For this album. Yeah. I get it. Off Scenery and Fish, I'm not even going to lie. It's not even my favorite song, Off Scenery and Fish. This is a little tangent, but I would have chosen Another Sunday. Or Used to Be Alright. I don't really know the album, so I'll take your word for it. He's only focused on the big shiny tunes, Brian. Is Scenery and Fish an album worth checking out? Overall? Absolutely. It's a great album. And the two songs I mentioned, Another Sunday and uh, Used to Be Alright, are really great songs. Like Another Sunday, I think, is a good intro song as well. Because it starts off and it's almost just like talking. There's barely any band. And then out of nowhere, like it just it just hits. It hits and it hits really well. So hits so hard. Yeah. Uh, was it on your top three, Tim? It was not. Um, Ooh, did I not thought make it was the good. Cut. I liked it grunge and like the alternative style. Like it's setting up the feel for the album, but uh, it just didn't catch me. Mm-hmm. Good to when know. Tim suggested uh, kind of a theme to it, uh, not not to say I'm going to be consistent with this theme, but I kind of have in, in my back of my brain like playing playing sports like a lot of these songs and going through like this the nostalgia for me with a lot of these songs was snowboarding just hanging out with my buddies snowboarding hanging out talking about snowboarding watching snowboarding movies and seeing a lot of these songs being included in those snowboard tapes as well um and then also just gaming or whatever so uh, a lot of my high school days when i was playing you know chell or whatever video game uh, i would like I would get tired of a playlist that they offer. So I would just start making like playing my own background music and yeah. Yeah. So like a lot of these songs would be included there too, but I never had one more astronaut as one of them, but it definitely gives me that vibe. So that's part of the reason why I picked it in my top three. When you say oh, snowboarding okay, movies, cool. do you mean like Hollywood movies or do you mean like the, the ones that snowboarders themselves put out of like doing like dope tricks and stuff? 
that's what I was talking about more so is the, oh, the snowboard cool. like company made uh, <laughs> movies like we would have our own music in the background or we'd watch the movie um, from like Iris or Santa Cruz or K2 or whatever and they'd have their own little track that they would put together um, but also like like out cold because like, obviously they have like some 41 and punk songs in there too you know a typical college movie fucking but, love that uh, movie. yeah <laughs> it's so good and we've talked about that previous podcast listeners if you want to listen to more about Tim talk about out cold <laughs> go back in our archives uh, and track two track two Machine Head by Bush mm-hmm. at that point I believe they were Bush X still <laughs> yeah I think so on, uh, on I think, Spotify they're still listed as Bush X yeah I think they were Bush X. What would be the difference? Is that because of the president? No, uh, I think there was another band that was called Bush. Really? uh, In the UK. In in Canada, the band were initially forced to release 16 Stone under the name Bush X as the 1970s Canadian (laughs) band Bush still held the rights to the name Bush in the Canadian market. No kidding. Yeah, so Bush was really cool because you had a, uh, you had a British, a British. Mm, I guess I'd call Bush grunge as well. They had a slightly unique sound for grunge, I'd say, but they definitely fit that grunge label a little bit. And there weren't really that many, like grunge was a very American thing in terms of success. Like when you think some of the core grunge bands, I think of a lot of American bands first, but Bush definitely Bush definitely crushed it. And they were pretty big in Canada, surprisingly. Yeah, massive. Like I was almost I had to like double think it's like when going through this album, like, is Bush Canadian? <laughs> I had to look it up, I had no idea. But like, cause I remember hearing them all the time, like on the radio and just for my family or friends, like Bush all the time. Mm-hmm. This yeah, would have been like one of my uh, picks for the album. Ah. You have good instructions how to breathe? <laughs> I found it frantic <laughs> and disjointed is my notes on it. I liked it. <laughs> it's a great song. It's a great song. It's it's a really good song. I, I agree with that. It's a really good song. Did it make my pick for the album, though? Okay. No. Oh, no, it did not. Oh. It just let me down a little bit. Now, uh, <laughs> once again, great song. There's just a couple other songs on this album that I really like that are going to be a little out there. Oh. A little bit different. And oh I listen to Bush Johnny, a lot. Johnny, I'm going to be pissed. But once again, <laughs> I would argue not even the... the Best I believe this then. song was on 16 Stone, if I remember. Not even the best song from that album. Maybe the hell this is how that album got made as they let everybody <laughs> pick their second best song from each album. Uh, possibly because I, I legit think Glycerine is the best song on that album. Oh, hands down. Oh my god, Glycerine. That's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Lewis <laughs> <Yeah>. Brown's Glycerine. <laughs> Fucking British. They're going to have a song called Vitamin and then one called Aluminium. (laughs) And Schedule and Leisure. (laughs) Oh, man. I can't even remember the song, but I just remember them like, Glycerine. (laughs) That's it. That's it. That's the whole thing from that song. 
It's my only takeaway <laughs> from the radio. Mm-hmm. From the radio. Uh, song number three, Tahitian Moon by Porno for Pyros. Cool name Any for thoughts a band. on this song? <laughs> it is a good name for a man. This would be an automatic skip for me. I just, it did not capture me whatsoever. I did not find it enjoyable or noteworthy in any way. It was, I think, filler. I think this and maybe a couple other songs on this album were filler songs. For me, this didn't make my top three, but I actually really like the course of this song. I like the, for me, it's almost like they took a band that didn't know how to play punk during the verses <laughs> and then out of nowhere they have this great breakdown through the course and the vibe of the song completely changes it's a little disjointed for me because it's it's like two completely different songs between the verses and the course i really like the course of the song but they're like it depends what mood i'm in if i can wait through 30 minute 30 seconds of what i would consider borderline trash to get to 20 seconds of bliss or can i not <laughs> and i get a lot of i get a lot of uh, radiohead in that course a little bit oh, i i yeah. would agree with that i think definitely a little bit yeah like, the 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 build up like the intro and everything uh in the song it kind of gives me that panic like oh my god what the fuck's happening uh kind of tone to it like mm-hmm. if you're watching a movie and the guy's going through like an acid trip or something. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh my God, I got to get to work and I don't have my car keys and everything. So. What a vastly different sound all of these songs have to modern music where it is so unpolished and they seem to be celebrating the fact that like there's these industrial like sharp <laughs> edges to the song, I guess is what you could say as best as I could describe yeah. it. So Tahitian Moon didn't make anyone's list. No, no, I didn't really like the song at all. Fair enough. Queer, garbage. Song number four. What are your thoughts on that? I think that it's oversimplifying a complicated issue, and I don't know <laughs> if it fits in today's society anymore. I think that much should apologize for even having this on the album in the nineties. <laughs> 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 like what do they know about being queer come on yeah i i just i don't think you should make light of such a serious serious situation <laughs> <laughs> all right i i can't take it I, I can't sit here with a straight face any longer <laughs> <laughs> The thoughts we have and ideas an interesting of Tim band are not <laughs> thoughts, ideas, and jokes of Tim are not reflective of any other host <laughs> of the Crouch Critics Canada podcast. Uh, I kind of agree with the the thought there and the joke there. I was just gonna let you run with it. Uh, interesting little fact about the band Garbage: the lead singer Shirley Manson, Scottish, huh. but the band is from Madison, Wisconsin. So the rest of the the rest of the musicians are American. Yeah, a little interesting thing about this band. Once again, not the best song on the album. <laughs> I don't mind it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't like uh, jerk to the 
skip button immediately. I'd be like, yeah. oh, okay, let's listen to this, maybe for a bit, but yeah, no, I don't think it's that bad. I like it more than Tish and Moon, that's for sure. Definite so, skip for me, and uh, I don't think I've ever heard garbage music before. <laughs> Unless uh, you count One Direction. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a here's Depends a little thing. Him, Once again, if you're listening, the song "Queer," meh, okay. Only "Happy When It Rains" is actually a pretty solid garbage song, and "Stupid Girl" is also another really good garbage song from that same album. It's, it just to me seems like a miss from whoever was putting together the compilation album. Mm. Is it's almost like they're trying to be like too Nirvana. edgy. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's almost like they're just trying to be too edgy. It's a big yeah. Uh, it's a hot song. Uh, sorry, a hot song title. Getting that clickbait. Yeah, yeah exactly. Got to be edgy, guys. Right. Got to be edgy. Very important. So well, you know, queer is not on any of like... our lists. No shot. No. Wow, surprised. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have enough diversity here. Clearly. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> not, guys. I'm disappointed. <laughs> All right, well then, song number five, Sweet Dreams, are made of this, Marilyn Manson. I remember listening to this song a lot as a kid. My brother was a a big Marilyn Manson fan. As a Um, kid, this song was really cool. (laughs) It's kind of boring (laughs) now. I'm like, ah, it's not that badass, whatever. It loses its punch. It, It was a really cool song back in the day, and... I think it falls victim to that it hasn't stopped being a great song. Just it's been so consistent throughout the years being played and heard and in uh, movies or TV or whatever that it just loses its outsider status or its uniqueness. If I could go five years without hearing it, I'm sure I'd come back and be really happy to hear Sweet Dreams. Ah, okay. Okay, I uh, I like that take. I'm not gonna lie; I never liked the song. Really? Even the original, or just this version? No, the original I thought was alright, but this version never really liked it. When I was listening like, to it, I thought you could set a really cool fight scene to it, like like some kind of gun battle. I thought that would yeah, be, I like, can see you that. Could p- compose that, like use it well. But then again, it's you're marketing an outsider song for something that like kind of takes away from its outsider status. Yeah. So this one doesn't break in anyone's top three then? No. No. No, not at all. Actually, unfortunately, I think it's an automatic skip for me as well. The last yeah, I... three songs would be skips. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Here's, a, here's one. Scooby Snacks, Fun Loving Criminals. Guess which uh, idiot chose this one? Me. Me. <laughs> I really, I've always liked this song. It's it, a fun song. Yeah, it's a fun song. It's ridiculous. Trip getting out of the city. <laughs> it references Tarantino. <laughs> yep. yep. Yeah, it uh, checks. It checked all the boxes for me. I said it was a fun song and it had a great style. So it's very like early 90s kind of vibe to it. I enjoyed it. 
I think that uh, this is the first time I've ever heard this song is going back and listening to this album a couple of times. And uh, I didn't know that Scooby Snacks is a reference to Diazepam, also known as Valium. <laughs> you learn something new every day. Right? <laughs> yeah. Usually about drugs. I watched the music video, yeah. and this is one of the first ones on the album that had an interesting look to it, too. They were trying to emulate a bit of a, a Tarantino vibe. Uh, and because they used a couple of quotes from Quentin, they also credit him as a writer on the song. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like this song. I always thought it was one of the, the hidden gems of the album. And did the band uh, really get much more success? Fun Loving Criminals? Like, do they even have any name. other hits? Is it, yeah. I agree, it's a great name. I just, I don't even know if they had any other songs that took off. I'm trying to think. I'm doing a quick search. Nothing. As we're going through the songs, I'm, I have it in the background where it's just nice and quiet. It's like, it's a pretty cool vibe. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, next song. Just a girl by no a band that no one's heard of, no doubt. <laughs> so one of my friends, I uh, my sister went to school with. He, um, part of me, he. Uh, why am I blanking right now? He became a radio disc jockey. Uh, he works in Fort Saint John right now. But when he was in college, him and his two buddies, he had a show with. Uh, they would have a segment of back when they were cool. And it was Gwen Stefani back when she was cool with no doubt. <laughs> and I got to admit, like, she was so much cooler with no doubt, man. Like, it, I, I, I don't really know much about the band, but any song that I hear from no doubt, I'm just like, fuck yeah. What a good fucking band. It's kind of a cool, like, skateboard, like, little punk kind of flair to it. But like, it's obviously got some, alternative. it's like, a, yeah, it's a ska band. Right? And so it's, it's like fun. funky. It's funky. super fun. And with that, this this for this album, this made my top three. Nice. Wow. Because I'm just a girl. It didn't make my top three, but I was so close to putting it on there because it is such a a fun song. Uh, I guess so this was the first uh, album that, or so first first songs that she wrote without her brother. Um, so it was mostly her, and. Uh, mm-hmm. I think she knocked it out of the park. Plus, the look of the video, too, is it's very distinct to the time. It brought me right back. She had the uh, the G-string strap over, like, the hips. Oh, God. <laughs> the weird, yeah. like, jewel on the forehead. I'm like, this is just from another world, man. Tank top. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm just a girl. Yeah, that's a great walking around tune. I don't care who you are. Love the yeah. solo in it too. Yeah, it's it's a really cool song. It checks a lot of boxes for me. Also, just missed the top three. Ooh, but I I agree. She Gwen Stefani. I never understood how her solo career took off because absolute garbage <laughs> solo. <laughs> I don't know what a hollaback girl is, and I don't yeah. care to know. <laughs> that shit is bananas. 
Yeah. And the like weird like Harajuku girls thing that they did. Take a chance, you stupid hoe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't get it, man. Yeah. yeah. The whole thing. Whole thing was a little weird to me. But no doubt. Solid band. I like the I like that vibe once again. Just oh, yeah. a girl? Is it the best song on their album? Question mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> I should listen to their albums. I've only really heard, listened to their radio stuff, but I think it was taking a dive. Tragic Kingdom that Just a Girl was from, if I remember yep. correctly. So, I see that, you yeah. Spiderwebs in Don't Speak, Sunday Morning, also a Ooh. great song. Don't Speak is a good one. That's heavy. Yeah. Spiderwebs also good, a little funky, a little weird. Sunday morning, a little hard rockish. Yeah, I don't think I overall. ever would have thought to give No Doubt a chance. Uh, yeah, well, that's Tragic Kingdom's a really good album. Huh. It's got a ton What's of the album good songs. Look like I feel like I've seen that a hundred times. Uh, it's uh, Gwen Stefani in a red dress with. Red yeah. shoes in the desert. Uh, <laughs> Pinup girl hair. It's, it's blue backgrounds. There's no doubt, and it's a circle area with. Uh, yeah, and there's tree. like a tree, a like barren tree with the rest of the band just hanging yeah. out in a field okay. with the tree. Look at this sex symbol and the rest of the band. Yeah, with the dead tree. <laughs> yeah. Good Why job is... by the record label. It's sold. Yeah, <laughs> clearly. Yeah, fuck '90s albums covers were not. <laughs> a lot of so, quality put into it. <laughs> they stretched this album from the first single, Just a Girl, in 1995, September of 1995, to the last single, Hey You, in February of 90. Seven wow. singles released off one album. Wow. Shit. Good for yeah. them. <laughs> they, you could say they fucking blew up. Yeah. yeah really good job. You know, solid album overall. Moving on? Yeah, I think we I've move on. had it up to here. <laughs> uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Aeroplane. I like it. I think this I... <laughs> falls victim again to being overplayed. I, I would say it's one of their less played songs, but still, I agree, overplayed. And once again, I'm I'm a critic of the I'm a critic of the Chili Peppers, right? I'm not a big fan of them overall as a band. Well, there's the garbage live <laughs> band too. <laughs> yeah, we've we've had the discussion about how shitty of a band they really are live. Really, I don't know if I was <laughs> there for that they... conversation. What what it makes the Chili Peppers so bad live? Wouldn't walk across the street to see them live. Anthony Giedis is what makes them so bad live. <laughs> and Dave an Navarro. Thing? The thing is, is if you like replace Dave Navarro and Anthony Giedis with like good musicians, the Chili Peppers would probably be one of the best bands of all time because Flea is a legitimately great bass guitarist and Chad Smith is an awesome drummer. But yeah. they carry that band so hard. <laughs> like, I've never seen drum and bass carry a band as hard as maybe like Primus. <laughs> yeah, and like Les Kelly Pool is the, the lead and bassist, so 
If you were going to put together a Chili Peppers cover band to surpass the Chili Peppers, using any members in it or not, with other artists, who would you put together to make the truly red-hot Chili Peppers? That's a good question. That's a very good question. I will. Well, and you'd want you like, well. They're more funky, right? You'd have to find a kind mm-hmm. of funk vocalist to go with it. I was first thinking the I forget his name, the lead singer from Rage Against the Machine, just to go with the the flea bass. But I think that would blend well. One of the guys from yeah. like Cage the Elephant or Black Keys fit in to give it a little bit more of a rock vibe. Keep the funkiness. I don't. I don't know. I I don't see. The thing is, is that you almost. You just need someone that's a better singer. It doesn't need to be like a super band where you think of someone. You just need someone that can actually hit the notes live. Like Anthony Kiedis, if it was just like kind of that rap stuff, be okay. But then you also... The other thing with the Chili Peppers is like John Frusciani is a really good guitarist. But he's mm-hmm. just in the band 20% of the time. Right? Like, he's in the band from, like, the 80s to the 90s, early 90s. And then he dips, and then he comes back for, like, what, California-cation time, maybe? Around that, right? And you, you you can see the difference in the music. Because the album that Aeroplane is on is shit. <laughs> like, it's the best song on the album. Right, and it's, here's a weird choice. How would Adele fit in? Because she can fucking do anything, but like she can rap. She can. You know, like almost if you like broke up the Chili Peppers and kind of combined them with Sublime, that'd be a pretty fucking sweet band. Just take the best parts of each. Yeah, I'd be down. But but like if you look at like have you listened to the Chili Peppers cover of Higher Ground? Yeah, probably. It's, it's on their Mother's much. Milk album. Frushihani kills it. Absolutely kills it on Higher Ground. And that whole like Mother's Milk album is just... It's a good combination of rock and funk. Right? They, ha- they, do, uh, they do a cover of Fire by Hendrix. Oh, wow. On that album. Really mm. good album. Then you have... Probably their best, their biggest album of all time, or one of them, Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Give It Away, Under the Bridge, Suck My Kiss. Uh, like, just. You think about. The, remove Anthony Kiedis. <laughs> and you think about it, it's like, oh, the composition, these guys, the funk, the way they jam, this band is legit. This California. band is an awesome band. California. Do you know we're from <laughs> California? I always put funk and blues together. <laughs> I'm still saying Adele would fucking do some of me. I want to hear her sing Suck My Kiss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would listen. I. I would listen to it. Yeah. They probably get stuck yeah, I don't know. Miley Cyrus. <laughs> the poor man's this... Adele. <laughs> and then did Frusciani come back for... Frusciani may not have been back for Californication. No, he was. Yeah, he was back for Californication. So the album he missed was literally like just like it could have been the decline of the Chili Peppers as a band. But then he comes back and 
I want you guys to think about scar tissue, other side, Californication, uh, around the world, parallel universe, road tripping. Like, just a lot of really solid songs on that album once again. And where's, where's, uh, what's it called? Dave Navarro. (laughs) Not there, right? So you take this, they they literally took from the worst album, Mm. I would say. Interesting. Yeah. (laughs) That's my two cents. Do you, I love, we started the conversation at the beginning of this is like, how the hell did they get big shiny tunes made? Do you think they're constantly from these bigger bands getting singles out of shittier songs? So they're not losing that popularity when they're pushing singles elsewhere. I think they had to, I think they had to start with that. Right. Cause it costs money to get the rights to certain songs to put them in. So I think that's where it had to start. Okay. For sure. Interesting. Uh yeah. what about The Good and Everyone by Sloan? Anybody pick that oh, song or anybody have any thoughts classic. on it? Classic. I love this song. Yeah. I absolutely love it. Why? It is for me. <laughs> it is in the top 3 on the album. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So first off, you you talk about disjointed. Talk about the intro to this song. Oh man. <laughs> it goes from just like this random rock intro where it's like okay, it, it's just heavy guitar, the basic drum, basic drums, but it's just a heavy guitar sound. And then out of nowhere, it busts into almost like a big band kind of feel song. Mm. Right? And it's not a big band. It's not at all, but it gives you that kind of feel with the way it's done. It also, even though Sloan's this tiny Canadian band, big to Canadians, but not really popular outside of Canada with the exception of some hockey songs. <laughs> but they, they really had a UK vibe. I was like going to say, I thought this they were British. Is, no, no, they're, nope. they're, they've been kind of dubbed the Canadian Beatles. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> yeah. They had a really good UK vibe. They're from, like, East Coast. They're from Halifax, I think. They're, they're from Halifax. So they got their name Sloan because uh, one of the guy's bosses at this one place, he had a really thick a Quebec accent. And he would say, slow one. Oh, you're a slow one. And so it sounded like Sloan. <laughs> That's where they got the name from. That's cool. Yeah, but for like, like they do not sound like your typical Nova Scotia band. Like, no, no jigs, no Irish ditties, nothing like that. Like, it's kind of refreshing to have like, hey, these guys are from the Maritimes and they fucking rock. Mm. Nice. Well, such a huge portion of our music comes from the Maritimes in the first place, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Hmm. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if my always head nodding, like I included this in my top three. So this rounds up my top three for me. Okay. So I'm out. But yeah. uh, I'm a big Sloan fan. I I really, really, like top to bottom, their greatest hits album, just fantastic. Um, and there's 
I'm, I'm kind of surprised as we go on with the big shiny tunes that they only pop up one more time, I believe. It kind of throws I me for a loop. Would, And I'm curious, Chalupa, because they're a Canadian band, I imagine you've listened to one chord to another, the album. I believe so. It is, it's not... Like, I, I got into them when I was in um, when I was out of high school, actually. So, a lot of the albums that they would have released would have been well before I would have got into them. Um, so I'm just going to take a look at the album artwork here, but I'm pretty sure I have the, one chord album. Ninety six blue. There's a song on the album, and once again, I think the best song on the album, "Everything You've Done Wrong." And if you haven't heard this song, Tim. You should take a listen because oh, it's a great tune. I'm just listening to it right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, <laughs> they they have a horn section for this song, which is super random. The music video is really good too. They have some really good music videos. Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tim, definitely get into this band a bit more. They have some fantastic songs. They're they're mm-hmm. a great band, and they're one of the longest running bands to never break up. Too are they still uh, touring? Uh, I believe they do. Yeah, yeah. They, I saw them of maybe right before the pandemic. They played like beer fest in Toronto. <laughs> so they'll still. They. I think they're kind of like a festival band at this point, which is fair. I guess it's still working. That's not. That's not nothing. Yeah. Yeah, I would. Uh, I would agree with that. Speaking of which, one so more plug Chalupa. for uh, Brie Lawrenson. If uh, you're going to Blues Fest this year, you can catch your opening for Shania Twain. So get your tickets. So Chalupa, your your three were one more astronaut, good in everyone, and what was the third one? Just a girl, no doubt. Just a girl. Okay. Cool. And Tim, so far, all we have for you is Machine Head. Oh, he's going to be coming down and Scooby stretch. Snacks. Oh, yeah, I have Scooby Snacks Snacks for you. Sorry, it went to my second page. So Tim and I still have a third one to go through. So let's see if we can breeze through some of these that aren't on our list. Uh, King of New Orleans, better than Ezra. Did not stick with me. Skip. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, the only Ezra that I know is George Ezra, and he is a British god. Yeah, for me, this was a big skip. I, I forgot that this song existed on the album. Did nothing for me, skipped it, and we'll skip it now. <laughs> Tinfoil by Limb Lifter. I think it's a good average song. It's a filler song, certainly for the album. Not many people know Limb Lifter, right? Uh, I imagine Canadian band. I'm gonna guess. I don't know for sure. Can look them up right now. Chicken. <laughs> Uh, Canadian band from Vancouver, yeah. So that makes sense, given because I just like I pulled up the song on Spotify and it had less than a million plays. <laughs> so you know, yeah. I get a little like Foo Fighters in there, and I know that's going to be the next band coming up, but mm-hmm. just a little bit, just kind of like how the the melody goes together. Kind of like sounds yeah, like one of I can see Foo's it. Foo's so- can see softer it. songs. Yeah, well, poor man's Foo Fighters. Yeah, very poor. <laughs> <laughs> like sixty cents the American do- dollar, poor man. <laughs> yeah, I, I just think 
it's weird because this is kind of the opposite. The chorus just under delivers for me of the song. I think the verses are good. The flow, the build up to the chorus is great, and then the chorus mm. just super basic and doesn't it seems do choppy. For me. It's like it doesn't yeah. belong there. It's like that's a it doesn't belong to that song. Yeah, exactly. Uh, next one you alluded to it, "Alone and Easy Target" by the Foo Fighters. Oh, overrated band. I'm not sure who likes this <laughs> band. Anybody that does just does not know music. I, I'm are you ready for this? This is, your, this is not, not your top three. It's not in my top three. <laughs> and I actually really like this song. I was going to say, you hold, you, you hold food to a high standard, so you can't just let this one slide in. Yeah, it's it's, it's probably basic. my favorite song off this album. It's their, their self-titled debut album. Obviously, This Is A Call was probably the biggest song off that album. But mm. for me, it just doesn't deliver. Doesn't do enough for me. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Uh, big you, big Me, obviously another big single off that album. So you're basically looking at Big Shy Tunes couldn't get Big Me. They couldn't get This Is A Call. Hell, they couldn't even get All Stick Around. So what did they get? Alone and Easy Target. It's a it's a safe pick. Not a, not a risk, you know. Yeah, exactly. And Foo Fighters were popping off at that time. But I would have liked to see All Stick Around. Yeah. I think I'll stick around. It's probably my favorite song off that uh, this album. And once again, if you're gonna go for a Foo Fighters song that a lot of people didn't know, I think that's the song that you go with there. That's just my personal opinion. Uh, Tim, I know you had to step away for a second. Anything to say on Limb Lifter and Tinfoil? No, uh, not a skip, but it, nothing. No lasting impression from that song. Yeah. Uh, Foo yeah, Fighters it, was nice to hear the early stuff, like uh, bringing that in uh, for a little yeah. and easy target. Uh, I'm looking forward to the next couple of songs because I think they end <laughs> the album a lot better than this kind of this middle range. I uh, I think the album gets a little weird towards the end. It's not cohesive, and that's the one thing with this album in general is like there's no cohesion. It seems like they just threw songs. And yeah. it's like once you got past like song eight or nine, it was like, all right, what can we throw in now? Uh, the next yeah. being Ophelia by Moist. 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 I like it. Uh, like more into that grungy feel, that alt rock uh, industrial sound too that I, I quite enjoy. Um, really rusty edges on this. Dig it. Once again, it's like the album Creature is there. Why why not Resurrection or Tangerine? Tangerine for sure. Yeah. Why not those? <laughs> why Ophelia? If you're putting together a compilation album, I get you want to have some stuff that's a little bit different, but like not many people were listening to Moist anyways. Uh, I'll use the example. Tangerine has 400,000 plays on Spotify. Yeah. That's it? So, yeah, Moist. Yeah. <laughs> why why not why not put that one on your album if you're trying to promote Canadian content? In my mind you should promote the best. You should I would agree. Dip for thirds. And I think literally Ophelia may be third or fourth best song on the album. Yeah. They didn't like, want to spend fifteen bucks on this song, so they went with a ten dollar <laughs> song. 
as we progress through the the big shiny tunes uh as they get higher in numbers i find that they do find like, they correct a lot of their mistakes from this first album you know yeah. they're they're putting the they're putting the number one songs on there they're or the mm-hmm. big bigger hits like the fan favorites like this to me is more of like a cult classic where someone's yeah. like, oh yeah, like these are some good songs. They're not the most popular, but you know, like they're good. <laughs> so it's like, oh I, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. At the time when you had more access to all of the popular songs, this might have been a little bit more welcome to to get some yeah. uh, deeper cuts. But when you're just going for nostalgia, it's some of these songs are a little tough. Like better than Ezra, we passed by that one. It, do they have better songs <laughs> than King of New Orleans, <laughs> or is it just like that's that's God the filler? God save the queen. But if you real quick, if you listen to Resurrection by Moist, like immediately your ears perk up because it's such a good guitar riff. The drums are basic, but they fit really well. Like Ophelia's okay, but to me, it's once again it's disjointed. Tim, like you, you said that's kind of a theme. Yes. Your theme, but for the album in general, that's the theme. Is <laughs> the songs are a little disjointed. They're kind of all over the place. I think you may have accidentally called uh talked about it earlier, like uh the overall is like this is so disjointed. Maybe somebody was trying to be edgy and be like, This is the alt rock nineties <laughs> CD of all time, bro. So, like, they couldn't <laughs> just pick anything popular. They had to be, like, a little fucking jerk off me, like, no, nah, man, like, that's too popular. Like, and they just keep going to the the weirdest version of something popular to sell it. Yeah. We had an yeah, edgelord right. disc jockey here. The Better Than Ezra, by the way, you'd recognize a song called Good by them. Other than that, you may not recognize anything by them. <laughs> Solid name for a band. A little long. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next is Just by Radiohead, which is the third song on my list. I'm just going to come out and say it. I wasn't impressed. Yeah. This song just very nostalgic for me. It was one of my first introductions to Radiohead. And... Uh, it was to me an edgy song when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> the whole like, and just once again, this was back when Radiohead didn't care about. It was basically like their chorus wasn't even a chorus because the chords were relatively similar from the guitar. There was not much change in the drums, anything. It was just. It, it was like a little bit more catchy for the course, but it was pretty much just it could have been another verse. But for some reason, I really like this. And I think it's the whole, like, you do it for yourself. You do. Uh, that whole premise, I liked. I kind of, from the album, it's weird. The Benz is the album. The Benz has some, like, great Radiohead songs. It has High and Dry, Fake Plastic Trees, but for me, this may be the first one that's the best song on the album. And that's a that's a hot take. That's a take that people would fight me on. It has My Iron Lung on that album as well, which is another great song. Also, maybe better than High and Dry and Fake Plastic Trees, in my opinion. I said it. Fight me. Find me. <laughs> Email me. 
Couch Critics Canada at Gmail. Please, please email us. Please. <laughs> I'll pay you. Call me a moron. We'll send you a mixtape. So this, so this song did nothing for you, Tim. Nothing for me. I wasn't what about by you, Feel teenaged angsty, but not like the cool angsty that gets you riled up. Just like that misanthrope kind of feel to it. I didn't think it had much to say. Uh, the sound was at least unique, but even that, like you, you said, like there's just better Radiohead songs to to pick from if you you've got yeah. the option. Yeah, I kind of fall on what Tim's uh, Tim's preaching there. Uh, it's just I don't know. It's a skip for me. I just can't really get into it. There, yeah, that's there's fair. other Radiohead songs I I prefer. So and this Again, one was why, why, why go with just why go with just. <laughs> uh and then we move on to tim's number three song uh angry johnny by poe good goddamn i hate this it. song so much <laughs> <laughs> yeah this song the song to me is uh to me after just i turn the album off and i love beck who's on the album later but i turn the album off after just <laughs> i'm not even gonna lie sometimes i turn the album off after good and everyone <laughs> <laughs> but I digress, Tim. What do you like about Angry Johnny by Poe? Oh, this is the first time I ever heard the song. Uh gave me a little bit of like jagged little pill, Alanis Morissette vibes. I thought like, you were gonna say gave you a weird boner. <laughs> I'm saying it without saying it, baby. Uh I thought that like it was pretty interesting because I've never heard of this person, but it seemed like she was like she had her own fan base she was big on aol of all places and she would like mainly interact with her fans there there was some legal issues later on uh uh who's the 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 woman that ruined the beatles the yoko ono yoko ono (laughs) she was weirdly involved with her in a friendship and that's how she became like a ambassador for (laughs) unicef or something like there's all this weird stuff that I was looking up about Angry Johnny, but I think this fits with a certain style of femrock, I guess you'd call it for the 90s, and I dug it and loved it. Disgusting. I know. Disgusting. You like this more than, I mean, Queer by Garbage is not a great song, but I do, you, you know, Johnny, they diversify big shiny tunes. They had at least three songs with a female lead yeah for big shiny tunes look at that ratio i, I would have heard like chantelle kreviazic or fucking sarah mclaughlin like honestly <laughs> yeah there's a lot of other options for a female artist like big time great like, songs you know, too where it doesn't really f- well not great uh garbage was or not i don't like that band but it feels like it doesn't feel like with an agenda. They're just putting out songs. Like, I don't feel like there was a quota they were trying to meet. Fair enough. Uh, Pace by Pluto. Anyone care for it? Anyone? Anyone? Sold for one cent. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, we don't take set pennies anymore. You can just take it for free. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah that song's trash can con no pennies uh speaking of trash we have novocaine with beck filling out the album 
great intro. The first 10 seconds of this song, almost a sublimey kind of vibe. Very much right? so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it just. The second the, the switch up happens, it just falls apart. When I listen to this song, all I could think is like, oh, yeah, Beck was uh, did an appearance on Futurama. That's pretty cool. And then completely tuned out of the rest of the song. It just not hold my attention. <laughs> well, yeah. once again, this is the same Beck album that had Devil's Haircut. The New Pollution. Where it's at. Where it's at. Got two turntables and a microphone. Oh. I've heard that song. Yeah, Devil's Haircut. Dude, New Pollution by Beck. So much better. And a little funky. And that's something that I think they were doing well with in Big Shine Tunes, is these songs that were kind of a little funky. This fits better. Why wouldn't you go with that song? Don't understand it. We'll never. We'll never understand it. Maybe New Pollution was on someone else's compilation album. We don't know. But what we do know is none of us picked Big Shiny Tunes 1 as our <laughs> favorite Big Shiny Tunes L1, 2, and 3. I think we can all nope. guarantee that. Nope. There were some, there were yeah. some great songs in here. I was glad to be introduced to a few bands. Glad to know a few bands to uh, avoid. Uh any closing of thoughts on Bing Shiny Tunes number one? Listen to the first half of the album and then throw it away. <laughs> if I was, if I was living, if I was a uh, you know seventeen or even twenty one in the nineties uh, when this came out, I'd be all over it, um, and I'd be very excited to see what was to come, and I'd be very happy to see what was to come after this. Because I was listening to my music. Album, <laughs> this album wasn't the best out of the, it. Like all of the big shiny tunes, I would say I haven't been through all of them yet. But like I got up to like twelve, and yeah, there's there's more bangers. There are more bangers on the other albums than this particular one. But at the time, I'd be pretty fucking pumped to have a uh, have a compilation album with this, and then also a lot of CanCon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I also say like, yeah, we found that this was an interesting attempt by a company to put together a bunch of different bands uh, and join us as we continue to go through the following big shiny tunes over the course of the next couple of episodes. I think uh, next week we'll be talking about big shiny tunes too. If you want to reach out to us, find us at uh, couch critics, Canada at gmail.com <laughs> or couch critics at gmail.com. I don't even know what our fucking email is anymore. You just message yeah. me. We have 20 listeners. You fucking know who I am at this point. <laughs> like, <laughs> look, in, look in the description. Look in the description. Yeah. Give us a five-star review and ask a question or something. I don't know, man. What do you want from Give us me? a one-star and ask a question. Yeah. But, <laughs> we'll, uh, take it. we'll take the question either way. <laughs> that's it for this episode. Uh, from me, Bri, and Shalupa, go fuck yourselves. I don't know. We should, there's got to be a better out than that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the teenage angst from the 90s. Go fuck yourself, man. Trying isn't cool, oh, guys. Man.